let's create a school that's grounded in love, connection, happiness, well-being, critical thinking, problem solving. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's grounded in a place where kids are very happy and their happiness is going to allow them to learn better. I watch these kids, especially the kids that have been with us since the beginning, or even kids that just came with us this year, their confidence level increases dramatically. And the parents want to know how. How is it my child is so much more confident now than they were when they came to your school? And the answer is simple. When you create an open, loving environment, our kids feel comfortable to make mistakes. Mm. And if they are comfortable to make mistakes, that automatically increases their confidence level. In this next episode, I get to interview Layla Sentner. Layla is the founder of the school that we put our children in here in Florida. And although I know most people listening to this probably aren't going to choose to move and put their kids in this school, although it's a really amazing school, there's a lot that you can take away from this episode. During our time together, Layla and I cover the core values of the school. Core values are something that you can create in your own family. Uh, We've done this in ours, and it makes a big difference in the way that we parent our children and the things that we make time for together as a family. Also, one of the main foundations of the school is connection and love, and we talk a lot about conscious discipline. Conscious discipline now is something that so many have access to online. There's coaches that you can find in your area that you can choose to work with in your home and even ask to have become a part of your school. There's so many good takeaways you can get from this episode, even if you don't plan on attending this school. I'm so excited for you to hear it and can't wait to hear your thoughts. Enjoy. Welcome to my podcast, Layla Sentner. I am so honored to have this space and this time with you. You have created such an incredible place for children. Our children now attend your school and this is such a great opportunity to share you with the world and what you've created with the world. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Yes, absolutely. So there are so many things that I want to share about the place that you've created. And I want to start with just, you know, talking a little bit more about you and your husband and, um, the vision that you had for perhaps like the future of children in our country and the world and what spurred this project of Sentner Academy and you guys. Sure. So we started thinking about this project in 2017 when our, she's seven years old or almost eight at the time was around two, two and a half. And we had toured many schools in New York, starting from the best school all the way down, maybe 15 schools between New York and Miami. And, you know, we're a very health conscious family, you know, you know, we, pride ourselves on looking at the whole child, the whole body, um, and really just mind over matter type stuff. And all of these schools, maybe they had one cool thing that was unique about them or they specialized in, but I, I just, I told my husband, this is an entire pie. You can't specialize in one slice of the pie. So why don't we just do this ourselves? Like we're entrepreneurs. At the time I was a CFO for the company we sold and I had already transitioned it to another CFO well before we sold it. So we really didn't need to be in New York anymore. And my husband was born and raised in Miami, Florida. So he's always loved Florida. And anytime we came here to visit, I loved Florida. I'm I'm California girl, born a California girl, but after all the insanity hit in California, I really never really wanted to be back. So um, he said, okay, let's do it. And just like any entrepreneur would, you know, we're like, okay, we know nothing about education, but we've got a vision. And we're great with strategy. So let's just bring on amazing educators who can help build our vision and our strategy. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, you have false starts. We had many people that we hired that were not a good fit, mainly because we were also solidifying our foundation. We didn't know exactly who we were until we started getting started, Mm -hmm. uh, learning all of the things that we were learning. Uh, And I would say that the biggest thing is I knew education was broken but I didn't realize how broken it was until COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Then that was just a whole nother army of brokenness. You know, as you, as many of your listeners might know, they're really infusing a lot of critical race theory in schools, which we are completely against. We are about love and connection. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, which is what Martin Luther King wanted. Mm -hmm. And I tell everybody, you know, as an angel in heaven, he is probably just, Uh, not happy with what he is seeing the movement move towards because it's the complete opposite direction of what he meant Mm -hmm. when he said he wants to be judged by his character and all his people, not by the color of their skin. 
-hmm. Critical race theory is exactly the opposite of that, as well as as many other um, things that are happening in education, such as gender confusion, teaching a five-year-old that you can choose your gender, or that there's all these pronouns available, or even worse, you can be a cat if you want to be a cat. You can be a sheep if you want to be a sheep. I, I mean, our world has gone in this direction that I didn't even have a clue about in 2017 when this idea came about. This idea was about, okay, let's create a school that's grounded in love, connection, happiness, well-being, critical thinking, problem solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's grounded in a place where kids are very happy and their happiness is going to allow them to learn better, mm-hmm. which none of that has changed. It's just evolved and advanced a lot more. That's still the foundation of our school. And, um, you know, I watch these kids, especially the kids that have been with us since the beginning, or even kids that just came with us this year, their confidence level increases dramatically. And the parents want to know how, how is it my child is so much more confident now than they were when they came to your school? And the answer is simple. When you create an open, loving environment, our kids feel comfortable to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And if they are comfortable to make mistakes, that automatically increases their confidence level. You know, and it's exciting for me to watch, you know, even just my own child, my own seven-year-old used to be very shy, very introverted. Uh, She was unfortunately traumatized by two schools uh, that she was at before starting our school because I had to temporarily put her in a place, but I had to pull her out of both places. One of the places she lasted three months and kids are very smart. She would cry every single day. And I always attribute the first three weeks to just like the unknown. But then after that, if they're still crying, you know, I say after four weeks, that's a big problem. Yeah. And our kids tell us with their tears, something is wrong. And so it took, it took me a year to rebuild her confidence after having to deal with what she dealt with at the school private previous to our school. And she was still young at the time. Hmm. So, you know, I see her now, you know, as well as many other kids who, who have gone through trauma before our school and they are just flourishing, they're confident, they're radiant. Um, I think you might've seen her in the, um, in the cheerleading thing where she just, you know, she grabbed the microphone and she spoke, she wouldn't, she wouldn't have done that before. She's doing her thing. Yeah. Doing her thing. And so that's what, that's what creating a loving, warm environment where we are very, very selective of the teachers that we bring in. If you don't have a certain energy of love and warmth, we're not even going to hire you. And if somehow you snuck past the hiring process and you portrayed yourselves as loving and warm, but then you got started and you are not loving and warm and kind, you know, we've got 250 cameras across each campus, you know, and kids are very smart. They come up to us and tell us. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so, you know, with the quality control we have and our kids letting them have a voice, you know, they, they make appointments to see me, they make appointments to see their principal, they make appointments to see their counselors, because they know that we're here to create a safe environment for them. So that way, if their soul is happy, which is our goal, to, to provide them with that stress-free, stress-free environment in terms of, you know, look, every child is going to feel a little overwhelmed when it comes to you know, you know, they're doing a play right now that, that they're doing tomorrow. And so, yeah, they might feel a little pressure or whatever it is, but because they know they have a safe, loving environment, it's they're able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Totally. I see that. And I feel that every day with our children. So we had, I know you know this about us. So we had decided, gosh, now it probably was about eight years ago to homeschool. Our kids were in public school, uh, our two first kids. And there were a few things that made us make this decision and we couldn't jump into it right away just because my work schedule, but we created a five-year plan to be in a place where we could pull them from public school. And there were two things that were like, they were like the main catalyst when I was like, this isn't working for us. One was I went to pick up our kids from school after school. And there was like an interaction with a kid and another kid and I watched one of the like school chaperones, teacher assistants, whatever, navigate this interaction with the kids, this fight with the kids. And I was blown away by the way that it was handled. And in that moment, I realized that these people that I didn't choose, that I didn't interview were navigating big emotions in my children. 
And that stuck out for me. And then the second thing that happened, the big one for me, I was at our older son's third grade teacher conference and he is a rule follower. He loves rewards and he worked so hard to earn like Friday playtime. They got 15 minutes to play on Fridays. He's in third grade, mind you. And every week it got taken away from them because one kid wouldn't follow the rules. Mm. And I kept bringing it up to her. I kept emailing, like, this is breaking my son's heart. He's working so hard and you're Mm. taking away the reward from him. And in that moment, she was like, well, you need to implement at home. You need to implement that reward system at home. I can't do it here. And I said to her, this came out of my mouth. I was like, but he spends more time with you. And in that moment, as that came out of my mouth, I was like, and we're done. We're done Mm. because your values are not my values. You're raising my children. And I don't agree with the way you're doing it. And so we ended up homeschooling and this is a really long story, but to share that I didn't ever plan on putting our kids back in school. I just committed to homeschooling them. And it was a lot to juggle with everything that we had going on, but because it was important, I did it. And we came across your school. And from the second I stepped in for the tour, I was like, this place is different. This place is so different. This place sees kids as not that any school doesn't, but like as valuable contributors in this system, the children lead and help lead the school. And it doesn't mean there's no rules. It doesn't mean there's no boundaries or guidance, but like, like you said, like they have a voice. Levi in the first week of school came home to me and he said, mom, I asked the owner of the school for shade at the playground. (laughs) And half hour later, it was there. And in that moment, it wasn't just the shade that he got. He knew that his voice made a difference. And there, there are kids have been in the school for what, three months, Layla, they are Mm -hmm. completely different people. And so I want to touch on, you guys have created core values in your school and you walk the walk. It's not just this thing that you put outwardly facing and that doesn't actually happen on the inside. It's not this thing that you show for orientation or for the walkthrough, like this is how your school is. So let's delve into each one of your core core values and how that culture is created within the school. I do want to add something before we talk about the core values is that my husband and I, we sold our business five years ago, right? So when we set to do, put this in motion, we wanted to do it right. And so we've been investing a lot of resources in training from day one. And we send, you know, a lot of our employees to conscious discipline training. The ones that weren't able to come, we've bought the conscious discipline online this summer in August. We're paying for them to bring their entire team to our school to do conscious discipline. I don't even like the name conscious discipline because it's not even about discipline. It's, Mm -hmm. It's such a bad name. It's about love and connection. It's about, you can't really discipline a child until you focus on yourself right? Mm. Did, did you, did you as a teacher, did you do something wrong? What state are you in when you are interacting with that child? What state are you in? A hundred percent. You the one that's causing that child to be triggered so that you need to look within and to figure out how you can interact differently with that child, because every child is different. So the name of the game, and I think they should be called conscious love and connection <laughs> mm. because that's the name of the game at our school. When we have meetings and we have kids that, you know, there's certain things going on, we ask ourselves, what could we do better? How can we connect with this child better? We get the parent involved. How can we do this as a team? And and yes, the parent has work to do as well because we can't do it alone. This is a team effort. Mm -hmm. And, and, And in some cases, the parent will hire our conscious discipline coach, bring that person to their house. So they're in alignment. This lady comes in, she does parent coffee trainings. So we can all be speaking the same language, right? Mm -hmm. And part of that is simple things like, okay, let's give your child two positive choices and let them choose, right? And then if they see that they're not choosing those choices, okay, then you're going to have to give them a choice, which results into a, I'm going to choose it for you. And it might be, you know, a good choice and a choice that, we know they don't want as much, right? And so, okay, you decide which one do you want and and hoping that they'll make the one that, you know, that we want them to take. If they don't, okay, well, we need to make this for you. Mm -hmm. And so 
It's about giving, empowering the kids so that they are making good choices. We can't always make choices for them. And so that's why we're completely against, we would never, ever, ever in a million years discipline an entire class for one kid doing something. In fact, we had a teacher try to do that last year and we had to terminate her employment in the middle of the school year. Wow. It was not going to work with us. Yeah. You're super protective of these kids. I love it. I mean, that may sound kind of extreme to someone, but you aren't messing around when you set the core values of this school. If you don't align, it's okay. You don't have to be here. You don't have to teach here, but that is like, my mom has been in the school as well. And she's like, they don't just say it. Like you feel it. You feel the love and connection in the school. Yeah. And you know, because we're a new school, I mean, this is technically our fourth year, but it's really our third year going from pre-K two to eighth grade. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've been building massively in three full years. And what happens is, you know, originally I had purchased a school um, my second year into this. And so we bought a school with a totally different culture, totally different faculty. And, um, you know, we had to make a lot of tough decisions because, okay, we're seeing this teacher is not aligned. You know, we inherited that teacher. And so we were having to make these decisions in the middle of the school year, which causes disruption, right? It's not what you want to do, but if our number one priority is the soul and the well-being of these children, as well as our faculty, they're just as important. You know, we had one faculty that was causing problems with another faculty. So we had to make a decision to ask that person to leave because again, their other teammates are just as important, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, fortunately this year, we haven't had the issues that we've had before because they're no longer with us, mm-hmm. you know, and the people that we've been recruiting, we've figured out, okay, we need to ask even more questions. Let's go even deeper on these different levels to make sure that we are bringing in people that are a lot more aligned, yeah. you know, and let's just face it. We're all human beings and all human beings bring trauma from their life experience to the relationship. Mm-hmm. What we realized is the most important thing is how open is this person to learning and growing? And so we tell people in the learning and the hiring process, you will have to look within, you will have to go deep within, and there will be a lot of learning and growing for you as an individual, because I guarantee you, you will be triggered by either the kids or your faculty, fellow faculty members. Mm -hmm. And if you can't look within, this is not going to be the right place for you. What an amazing place of growth for the faculty too. Oh, it is. I mean, I have goosebumps just thinking about so many of our faculty members have told us like we have grown so much by being at this school Mm -hmm. and they're so appreciative of the internal growth that they've had. Even in our training, we're doing things, you know, like I, you know, I brought in um, Joe Dispenza's team for two days, Mm -hmm. right? I brought in uh, this amazing guy who does limitless training. For, for three days for the faculty, like the conscious dip, discipline training, a lot of that is getting teachers to look within at their own triggers and, and what to do when that happens, right? So self-development for a teacher is just as important. You can't help a kid grow internally if you're not willing to look at yourself internally. And so when we see that there's a teacher that doesn't want to grow, doesn't want to look within, doesn't want to hear our feedback, we can tell right away, okay, this is not the right place for you. Mm-hmm. And so many times we try and scare teachers during the the hiring process, (laughs) because if we can scare them during the hiring process, you know, and and, and we're able to let them think, wait a minute, I'm going to have to look into my soul. Ah, that's a little too scary for me. They drop out of the process and we're like, great. You know, this is not the right place for you. Yeah. You guys are very clear on what you want to create there. I love it. And as an entrepreneur, I know how, how steadfast and brave and strong-willed you have to be in order to do that. It's like the universe or whomever constantly testing your values and you guys, you stay strong. I love it. I admire it so much. And that was last year. Last year was such a test of every bit of our core values. And I remember my leadership team, we're all sitting there and we're making these decisions and we're like, look, this is what our core value states. And this person is absolutely not living by these core values. Mm-hmm. And one, there's one thing we cannot be as a school is we cannot be hypocrites. You know, and that's how we operate. Love it. Can you share some of the core values of the school? This is a document that we use for training when, you know, the whole month of August is training for our entire faculty. 
So we don't start school until after Labor Day because it's important for us to invest that time during the summer to really, you know, build on our core values, build on our teamwork, build on, you know, the self-reflection, the internal learning, as well as, you know, our teachers are building lesson plans and all of this other great stuff, setting up and getting prepared for we so we so we spend an entire month before kids start just working on all the things that we need to do for these amazing kids. So here are our core values at a glance, but this PowerPoint has each one broken down a little bit further. And we're going to start with lead with heart, right? So again, the way these core values guide us is that everything that we do should embody these core values. So we ask ourselves, okay, in that interaction we had, whether it's with each other, whether it's with a parent, whether it's with a child, did we lead with heart? And you know, we're perfectly imperfect human beings. So we make mistakes. And sometimes teachers, or let's say another faculty member who interacted not so great with their coworker might say, you know what? I really wasn't leading with heart. I need to go back and revisit that situation. Love it. That's what this is all about. Okay. Be mindful and present in all our interactions, right? So that's, you know, that's, that's going back to, um, okay, so let me give you an example. I was speaking to somebody and I was frustrated and annoyed, right? And so in my energetic field, I knew I was frustrated and annoyed. I need to be conscious about how I was feeling because when I'm conscious about it, I could take a minute to breathe, to calm myself. And this is what we tell teachers. And students. (laughs) And students. Mm -hmm. When you are in that elevated state, it's important for you to calm, breathe, bring yourself back to a calm place before you interact. Before you interact with your fellow coworker, before you interact with your kids, even with the kids before you interact with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what this slide is about. I mean, this, if you strictly embodied this in your school, in your life, in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your children, this is everything. Because when we're fully present, we're not thinking about the past or the future and we're not getting triggered. When you're fully present, you are leading with the heart. You are peace. Yes. And I'm goosebumps when you said that. (laughs) The way I've seen the things you've talked about show up in our children. Kaya, my six year old, does breath work. I will see her have an interaction where maybe she gets upset and she sits down and she does this breath work breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And then my sixth grader who did a brain dissection, he's not just learning about the pieces of the brain. He's learning about the amygdala versus the prefrontal cortex. He's learning about what it's like to live in fear and anxiety and thinking about the past or the future versus breathing and using the tools that he's learned at school to get him in in an executive state to make healthier decisions. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, I I, I mean, I have chills you the way you're describing this because- you know, this is exactly what we're doing with our kids. And I even had my third grader come home. And remember, we're all trying, we're trying to do this, these different modules at the same time across every different age range, right? Mm -hmm. And so each kid is learning it at a different level, depth level. And so my third grader came home because they're learning executive state, they're learning survival state, they're learning emotional state, right? third grader comes home and, um, you know, I, I, it was one of those days, right? We as parents always have one of those. And she goes, Mom, I think you're in your survival state right now. <laughs> it's amazing. Like if every grown up went through this, it, like, just think about every interaction you have. Like when you're checking out at Target and someone yells at you, like if, if that person were leading with the heart and being fully present, this is everything. And our children are learning it at, at such a young age. And it's, it's foundational. It's, it's everything. And part of the inspiration behind this was my husband and I took a journey to India. Mm. And uh, I wasn't the person I am today, 
pre 40 years old. I didn't learn this stuff until, you know, 40, 41, 42. I'm 46 Same. now. Same. <laughs> and I, and I looked at my husband in class one day, we went five times in one year in India, five times. Wow. Okay. And it was like a 35 hour trek each way. And I looked at him and I said, honey, this has to be the foundation of our school. You wouldn't have had a heart attack had you learned this stuff. I wouldn't have had all the issues that I've had yeah. had I learned this amazing information. These tools. You know? And then I thought I was going to have to create it from scratch mm-hmm. until I found conscious discipline. I was like, this lady has been doing this for like 20 or 30 years. Like, yeah. I don't need to recreate this. It's it's there. It's ready for us. It's 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 already tailored for education and so I fell in love with conscious discipline because it was everything I fell in love with in India but already tailored made to be put into education and Jenny the person who leads the conscious discipline for you guys is incredible and like you had said earlier you guys have these parent coffee chats so as a parent I've gotten to sit in on that it's like when I go to Jenny's coffees it's like I went away to a conference and came back as a better parent so yeah, I'm totally. learning these skills to use in my home when I get triggered or when I get upset or when I'm about to react rather than respond to my children. And then to know that that's what's happening in the school is incredible. You know, and look, I work really hard on myself. My husband and I, we are just, you know, we'll do it until the day we die. Same. And I have hired Jenny as a one-on-one coach that comes to my home. <laughs> You know, and there's one technique that she's helped me with, with my four-year-old daughter, you know, and that's when she is in full-blown tantrum. I literally sit on the floor and I close my eyes and I breathe. (laughs) Mm. She is screaming in my face. I'm breathing. Mm. And I'm saying to her, I can't hear you until you can speak to me calmly. And you're showing her, you're showing her, showing her. And I'm saying, if you need to scream, get it out. Uh But until you're done screaming, I can't hear you. Mm -hmm. And so she gets to scream. I'm not telling her to stop screaming. Yeah. You're loving, but I'm telling her how she needs to, and I'm role modeling and I'm taking deep breaths. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had to do this in Disneyland where I've had to sit on the cement floor with my husband while everybody's looking at us like we're crazy, including my niece. And we have to do it at the same time. It's so intense sometimes. I mean, she's way better because we've been doing this. And just, we would sit down and we would close our eyes and we would breathe. And I would tell her, I love you. When you're ready, we can talk. I hope a lot of people saw you at Disneyland because that is like promoted as the happiest place on earth. And it's anything but because you're hot, everyone's hungry, everyone's angry. Like everybody there needs to stop and breathe. (laughs) That's right. And it was at the end of the day. So imagine she was all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just these things that she's teaching us. So, you know, you don't go to discipline. You don't go to screaming at your child because you're just triggered. So your inner state is ruffled. You're in your survival state. When you're in that survival state, you should not be interacting with anybody. Mm -hmm. So true. And that's what we do as parents. We get so frustrated and so annoyed that we go to scream. Mm-hmm. And you know what, that that's the, that's the second that you are in that frustrated place, you are in disconnection. And when you are in disconnection, your child is not going to hear anything you have to say. And in fact, gonna they're going to make it worse. It doesn't feel good afterwards. I mean, we've all been there. We've all done it. I still do it. It's a constant work in progress, but it doesn't feel good afterwards. It doesn't, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel good at all. And you know what, being in this world my girls are also able to tell me, mom, you need to take three deep breaths. And they're seven and four. Seven and four. Yeah. Mom, your tone wasn't very nice with that lady right now. Literally, my seven-year-old has told me that. And I love it when she does that. I mean, it's, you know, it's on one hand, you know, a little bit like, oh, she got me. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, when I was seven, I had no idea what interstate even remotely was. Yeah. And just the way that she's teaching people, like one thing that I've taken away from Ginny is boundaries teach people how to treat us. Like, look at her boundaries as a seven-year-old girl. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Next core value. Okay. Oh, I love this core value. Inspire curiosity and lifelong learning. So um, we had hired the happiness professor 
Hmm. Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was a Harvard professor that wrote the book on happiness. And he came and he did consulting with us. And he said to me, Layla, the most important thing that you can hire are teachers who want to be lifelong learners. Ooh. And that, that was a big thing for me because I didn't understand what that meant. And he said, if they don't want to be lifelong learners, how are they going to inspire in our children to be lifelong learners? Mm-hmm. So they have to be willing to grow. They have to be willing to look within, which is what I, we were talking about earlier, right? And so this is a big part of our core values. Now, as it relates to children, inspire curiosity. This is why we're not a school that does worksheets. We're hands-on, tactile. Mm-hmm. We want to inspire their curiosity so that way they do want to be lifelong learners. We want them excited about school. We want them going to school, learning things that they would have never learned before. I mean, you know, Shark Tank, you know, our, 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 our marketplace is a great example. My seven-year-old third grader is maneuvering around on the PowerPoint like, like I've never seen before. I mean, I learned how to use the PowerPoint when I was 21 years old, just <laughs> seven. And, and, you know, I don't really use PowerPoint so much anymore because everybody else does PowerPoint for me. And I was helping her with her project. And I'm like, honey, how do you change the font again? Not only is she using um, PowerPoint, let's just back up a minute. So Shark Tank, these children created a business. They had to create a business and all the lessons that are intertwined in that math, um, just so many, so many different concepts. They had to create a business. They had to create a business plan. They had to talk about their cost per unit of their business, of their whatever it is that they're selling. So our sixth grader is doing 3D printed objects. Our fourth grader is doing popsicles that align with the school's nutrition policy that we haven't even touched on yet. They had to create a business. They had to present this business in front of a panel of investors, adults. And now they're taking it, they had to get money, real money. And now they're taking it to what's called the marketplace where they're actually creating their product and they're selling their product. Like the, the chutzpah that these kids have and they've, they've gotten through this school and through this program to stand up and talk about a dream and a vision and have it picked apart by adult investors to ask them the questions. Did you think about this? Did you think about this? Why are you doing it this way? Like I was blown away watching this process. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible for me to watch as well, because this year was the first year my seven-year-old was in it. It was in third grade and she just grabbed the microphone (laughs) and she's just like, I need $200 for 20%. Do you have it or not? (laughs) In a a different way, but yeah. Are you going to, but she would have never done that before. I mean, and they went through their whole presentation yeah. You know, and she was, you know, able to say, okay, this is my revenue. These are my costs. These are my prop. This is my profit. I'm looking for $200 and I'm willing to give you 10%. Like insane. And it, it's pretty cool. And, you know, and, and she's excited about the next marketplace because she's going to be able to sell mm-hmm. these, you know, crystal necklaces that she's making. Yeah. It's insane. And think about like, as an entrepreneur, when's the first time you actually took a leap like that? Like, I I wasn't taught that in chiropractic school. I got thrown into that. And to be doing that when you're that young, and I think part of, you know, what has created the confidence, at least in our children, our fourth grader once said to me, he's like, mom, I feel like you and dad are at my school in each one of my classrooms. And I was like, what do you mean, Wyatt? He's like, my teachers love me the way that you and dad do. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. And that's how it is, Leila. That's how all those Mm -hmm. teachers are. Like I walk them into school and it is like, they are the most important person in the classroom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You make me cry every day when I come to school. And and you know what? That's been our goal from the beginning. And like I said, we've had some, some rough starts to get there. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at our leadership team and I go, wow, I gave us five years to get here five years from the three-year full pre-K to eighth grade starting more. I was like, we hit it. We hit it on year three. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I, mean, I gave us five years. We hit it on year three. And I said to them, all of you should be proud of yourselves because what you've done in such a short period of time and the tough decisions that you've had to make mm-hmm. because of coming back to our core values, 
you know, have, have, have gotten us to where we're at so much faster because you've been making these tough decisions so that way we can build the culture that we were looking for. Court so. values are so powerful in anything you're doing in your family, in your family vision, because it just takes that decision fatigue and the emotional decision-making out of everything. Yeah. It's, it do we do this or this? Well, what aligns with our core values? It's, it's yeah. a no brainer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Every family should have a set of their own core values that mm-hmm. they live by. Love that. Okay. Should I hit the next one? Yes. You probably can feel this a lot at our school yeah. from, from drop-off mm-hmm. where we're playing music, where we're dancing, where the kids are being hugged, you know, where we're just honoring them as individuals, mm-hmm. you know, where they're able to be silly in class, where they're jumping around, where they're just joyful. Yeah. Joyful little beings. And that's what we try and foster in, in all of our interactions. Yeah. I love the music at drop off. It feels like a party. So transform the world through kindness and compassion. Mm-hmm. This one is so, so, so important. You know, just like, you know, we've had to ask many teachers in the previous years to look to leave during the middle of the school year because they weren't aligned with our core values. Unfortunately, we've had to do the same thing with kids Mm. who we would work with them. You know, we would really, really coach them, mentor them, bring the parents and do whatever we could. But there are some kids that they don't want to lead with kindness and compassion. And it doesn't matter what you tell them or help them or coach them or mentor them. There's something else going on that, you know, it's really out of our control and our responsibility isn't to just that child, but it's to all the other kids in the school. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I even have a family member who was at my school and, you know, couldn't control his hands. And, And unfortunately I had to ask my own family member to leave my school until the mom got him the help that he needed so that we he can eventually come back because all the kids are my responsibility mm-hmm. and even my own child, even my own daughter. Okay. My love was that helpful or hurtful was were your interactions kind. It's so important to get these kids to constantly think about kindness and compassion. And when we see that a kid's not, that's when they need to understand that. Okay. Now you need to have consequences. Yeah. Let's sit after school and write a reflection and discuss how your actions were hurtful and how they could have been helpful. Fortunately, we don't have a lot of kids that have to have these consequences because I believe we have a very kind school, Mm -hmm. but in building the foundation in the previous years, it was a lot more now because we've got such a strong foundation. It's just a lot less. Yeah. I would imagine because you really, you give the children so many tools to teach them. I mean, we're a very connected family. I feel like we've raised our kids with loving compassion and there's times when they're kids, there's times when they're a rambunctious boy, but like, I've never felt like that would ever be something that I would have to worry about because the teachers do truly love them, even in their struggles and their challenges. And I know that they feel seen. I just don't want anyone to misunderstand any of that, that you're saying and feel like if kids don't fit in line, they're getting kicked out. Cause that's not the way that it is there. It's no. very much. Every student is valued for their different characteristics. I have three very different children and they are all shining and they all, I know, feel loved, important and seen. What I'm talking about more is when it's like bullying mm-hmm. yep. and it's really hurting the other kids. And that, and there's just, we've exhausted our possible, we've exhausted all routes. We've exhausted working with the parent. The parent has brought in Jenny Luther, you know, Jenny Luther is working with the family. Jenny Luther is working with us and the teachers. I mean, we work hard. Everything. We work really hard to, to, to make sure that we can do, we're doing our part. And that's the question I ask everybody on the leadership team. Did we do our part to the maximum? Mm -hmm. Amazing. What are we doing wrong? What can we do better? How can we help more? And there've been plenty of kids that we've been able to help overcome whatever obstacles that they were going through so that way they can see that kindness and compassion is the way to live, not just at school, but in your everyday life. Absolutely. Because what you put out into this world, you get back. A hundred percent. Love it. Love it. Love it. Ignite happiness through passion. Well, this, this, this is an easy one. This is just simply 
our goal in, as adults is really to help these kids find their passion in life. Mm. If we can find what they're passionate about and help guide them, then it just, it just ignites that bigger spark of happiness inside them. And this is also one of the things that we learned from Ta Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar. And it's one of the things that we carry through in, in our school. Just, and that's what school should be about. How can we help the kids find what they're passionate about and then encourage that even more? I would almost um, say too that you could, what I see is igniting happiness through passion. And then I also see a lot of um, like, you guys encourage their sense of purpose. So I remember at one of the parent coffees, Jenny Luther was talking about how you guys select each child's job within the classroom mm -hmm. and how important that is for them to see that they're a valuable contributing member of society and their society is their classroom. And that some of the jobs might be like traditional classroom jobs, like line leader, or, you know, um, snack helper. But part of how these jobs are selected for each child is to see which one resonates mostly with them. Like, does this child light up from being a helper? Well, then they're probably going to be the snack helper. And Kaya, my daughter is one of those or through, I think she was like star student at what point where like she helped people if they were like struggling emotionally, like she helped lift them up and mm -hmm. that sense of purpose that she came home with, like I did that, I could do that for somebody was so huge. It's important. And that's right. That's exactly what classroom responsibilities are about. And they love it. They love it. And, and it, it is, it is that self, it is that feeling of purpose. Yeah. Okay. Next. Navigate one. with integrity. Oh, this is a big one. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, all these core values start with me, you know, and it trickle down, it trickles down, right. All the way to the bottom. Really. We always ask ourselves, are we navigating this with integrity? Where's the integrity in this decision-making? You know, a lot of schools, unfortunately, make decisions based on their largest donors, which I've, I've heard so many times from families who have come to our school from different schools. And for me, it doesn't matter how many kids you have at our school. It doesn't matter how much money you're contributing to our school. What matters is, was your child living by these core values? And if not, we need to make decisions based on our core values. Mm -hmm. that's how we need to navigate our decision-making process. And that's living in integrity. Always. Yeah. So important. That's a huge one. That's one of Jason and mine as well. Yeah. That's a very big one. Okay. Spark human connection. You know, that this is, this is, this is also, you know, this is a big one, especially amongst the adults, right? As we know, just even in the workplace, it's very easy to get triggered. Sparking human connection really um, open and honest communication, mm. right? That's the key. Um, hearing the other person out, hearing their perspective on things. Does your teammate feel safe to share their ideas? Are you cutting them off in your interaction? You know, we're trying to create an environment where it's, there's, there's no ego in this. Mm -hmm. And I often would have conversations with, with people and say, there's no ego in this decision. Let's pull you out of the equation. Let's pull me out of the equation. Mm, mm -hmm. Let's take our egos out of it. Let's put them aside and let's make the right decision based on the facts that we're looking at. So that's really what it's about. It's the environment that you're creating to create that human connection. And we do it with the kids with, I don't know if your kids have ever experienced um, the time machine, which is how we help them resolve conflict amongst each other. Oh, I haven't heard this one yet. Yes. Yes. The time machine is super cool. And it, and it's, and it, and you know, it allows them to resolve conflict with their peers. We just had an issue with um, one of the grade levels at school. I won't mention which grade level. And we brought in Jenny Luther for two days. We did the time machine. We had the kids talk it out. You know, we're like, we're going to figure out what's going on and we're going to help guide you kids through the process because we're family, we're school family. And when something doesn't go right, they need the adults to help guide them through the process. So that way, ultimately, we can come back to be a one big family unit again. And since we've done that, and we had to make certain other decisions, and that that particular grade has been doing amazing. I could like just cry, like knowing my children are in that kind of environment. I can't tell you what that means. 
Like those are lifelong tools and the subconscious messaging, like I'm not giving up on you and you're worth it. And we go through these hard things together because we're a family like there. Thank you for everything you've created in this school. You're welcome. No, what's interesting about that scenario that I just mentioned, we had Jenny Luther scheduled out for three days because she comes three days once a month, right? Yeah. So we called Jenny a week before she comes and we go, Jenny, you know how we are. We like to be on our feet and we're all about change and we're all about when there's an issue, when there's something that needs to be resolved, dropping all things and addressing that. That's the most important thing that can be addressed. And so we said, completely throw away your agenda whatever you came with, this is what we need you to do on Tuesday and Wednesday. And she's like, I'm with you. Let's do it. I love it. Let's go. And I paid this lady a lot of money for these three days. So instead of her working on the entire school, she was focused on one grade for two days. Because that was what was important. That's what fit your core values. Mm -hmm. That's right. That fit our core values. That was what was important. That's what needed to be done for the souls of these kids. And it also, you know, me as the leader, my my leadership team is looking at me going, oh, wow, she could care less that this person had allocated herself for the entire school. What she cares about most is that grade that wasn't functioning within our core values. So we needed to give them the help and the love that they needed to be able to get whatever they needed off their chest to address whatever issues they were having and to teach them how to grow and learn through and resolve the conflict. So that way when they're adults, I mean, this conflict resolution yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, I was 40 when I learned conflict resolution. I'm still learning conflict resolution. So it's, it's pretty valuable. Ah, cultivate grit, resilience, and growth. I mean, this is just everything that we've been talking about, really. Mm-hmm. Limitless potential, power of the mind. This is why we brought in Joe Dispenza. This is why in science, we're teaching the power of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. We're, this, is, this, is, this is just... You know, our science is interesting because our school is guided by science, but our science is a little different. You know, we bought this um, amazing device where we can connect kids to this device and they can see their heart and the brain connection. Yes, the heart rate variability. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what? so they cut their eyes and they breathe and they meditate and they see the power of meditation in their science class Yeah, with an actual device and a computer screen that shows them the power of their breath. I heard that at one of the like back to school meetings when we were learning about all the tools. And so what grades are you using that on? How young? Uh, Right now they started in middle school and I believe they're going all the way down to first grade. Yeah. Cause in my first graders talk, I was like, again, you have to be kidding me. Like I'm trying to teach clients that I work with that are in their forties, fifties, sixties about heart rate variability. And for any of you who don't know what heart rate variability is, it's something that you can measure And it basically shows you how well does your body adapt to stress? We all have stress in our lives. If you have a family, if you have a job, if you have relationships, you have stress. And what we can do is we can use these tools. Like Layla said, breath work, meditation, you can literally impact your HRV and to have first graders literally seeing that on a machine is like so crazy. And you know what else? The big thing that it does is that they're not just being told they need to meditate. Uh They're actually being shown the science behind meditation. Mm -hmm. So that way they can choose to meditate based on, oh my gosh, that's a tool that I have that's free that I could do at any time. And I can actually control my heart rate. Yeah. And I actually control my brain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I want some of this. Yeah. God, these kids, these kids are going to be such powerful leaders. Okay. Are there are. More? Yeah. There's a couple more. Yes. Emotional intelligence throughout our school. So this is, you know, this is, I don't know if you need much explanation here. It's just, you know, EQ is so important. So important. I remember getting my master's, my MBA and taking an EQ test at 30 years old and failing it. Wow. <laughs> And I remember thinking, how is it that this is the first time I even heard of EQ and I'm 30 years old, mm-hmm. right? And so everything in our school is about EQ, 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 but we don't even need to say EQ. It's everything that's being taught, Yeah. right? It's all woven in. It's in everything. It's all woven into everything. Oh, is heart that- brain connection. I love that image. Amazing. Those are our core values. Okay. So let's, um, before we kind of start to wrap up, because 
I mean, there's so much more I want to ask you, but I want to be mindful of time. Can you talk to me about the nutritional policy and then the farm? So the nutritional policy is so important because if kids are not eating healthy and they're having this glutinous carb filled, sugar filled lunch, Mm -hmm. I mean, the rest of their day is pretty much gone. Yeah. They're just not, they're not going to absorb. Right. And also they're not learning how to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Our kids are actually learning how to eat healthy so they can make good decisions on their own. And so that's why we've got no gluten, zero processed sugar, uh, zero GMOs. I mean, most of our food is locally sourced from local farms. We have our own amazing 34 acre farm that we are bringing in produce that already, because as you know, the parents are getting produce home. Have you been, have you, are you part of the CSA? Yep. So good. I mean, how delicious do these vegetables taste? So amazing. So fresh and so neat for our kids to see that that's coming from their farm that they've gotten to go work on. (laughs) I mean, I had a radish a couple of weeks ago and it burned my mouth. It was so So spicy. So good. (laughs) But in grocery stores, it's like tasteless. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, by the time when they pick it, it's not even remotely ripe. Like this is literally farm to table, which is really cool. And the same thing, farm to cafeteria. It's mind, body, soul, right? One circle, mind, body, soul. You can't miss any of the pieces. Mm-hmm. You can't strive for academic excellence while you're stuffing your kid's face with, with really unhealthy food. Exactly. You just can't. Yeah. And so, you know, there are some kids that come to our school and, you know, they won't eat lunch. And their parents are like, you know, I need to send lunch with them. And I asked the kid, okay, so what do you eat every day? you know, pasta and pizza. And I'm like, I tell the parents, listen, this may not be the right school for you. If, if, if your kid's not going to eat and be hungry all day, and you're not going to work with your child at home, they're going to be hungry. Mm -hmm. They don't, there's a beautiful salad bar that we have with all sorts of fresh vegetables. You know, we have everything in the salad bar in addition to the hot food. So there's so many choices. Mm -hmm. It's not like they have only one choice. I had two parents last year that were so amazing in preschool. They told their teacher, their different teachers, they said, give me my child's food. I will have my child eat that food for dinner. Mm. You know, both of these parents, they're friends. So that's probably why they came up with this idea together. They did this for about a week and their children never missed lunch again. Wow. The kids that miss lunch are the kids that at pickup. Their parents are waiting for them with a slice of pizza or something unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So they're just like and holding out kids, for that food. Yeah. And we've had kids, parents, you know, leave this, not renew their contract because our food is too healthy. And I'm like, this, this is the long-term health of your child. Yeah. And if that's not important to you, then you're not aligned. And I understand that, but we're not going to change our nutrition system because your kid only wants to eat you know, pasta and pizza. We had one kid that, that I, I said to this child, okay, what do you eat? And this kid's at pasta pizza. I said, okay, give me a vegetable, anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I like avocados. I said, okay, will you eat avocados for lunch? Cause I knew that he was going to at least stay for the rest of the school year. And he said, yes, I, I will make sure you have avocados every day. And that's all the kid ate until that's okay. You know, it was a step. Yeah. But, you know, it was a step and I wanted him to eat something. And I felt bad because this particular child's parent was a, was a doctor, an MD. And, and, you know, unfortunately most MDs don't take any nutrition classes. Yeah. They don't value nutrition at all. And so to this parent, you know, I feed my kids, whatever they'll eat, because I just want something in their stomach. And that's just not the right way to look at things. I mean, you think about how we feel with how we eat, like as a pediatric chiropractor, a lot of times when I would talk to my, the parents of the children that I was working with on changing their food and changing their diet, if they weren't able or willing to make the changes in their kid's diet, then I went the reverse way and had the parent eat eat what the kid ate and tell me in a week how you feel. That's smart. Right. And so these kids, you know, it's so ironic to me, Leela, because I feel like what we're doing at this school could be considered like almost extreme but everything that's happening in the outside world that traditional schools are doing is extreme. Feeding kids chicken nuggets and pizza and waffles and French toast and snacks and chips and cookies 
and expecting them to perform and wondering why our kids are sicker than ever. That is extreme. This is how we're supposed to eat. This is how we're supposed to live. And when we eat this way, we thrive. And that's what's happening at the school with these children. You know what? You know what's really exciting? Um, last year, we, were, we made this really delicious cauliflower pizza. Mm. And I had one kid come up to me during lunch and say, can you bring back that cauliflower pizza? As you know, we have a different chef this year. So I gotta, she's got to learn how to do that. But we have a kid requesting cauliflower pizza and they loved it. You love it. The food is so good. When I come in there to, you know, for PTO or to do something at school and I smell the food, I'm like, I want to eat here. It's so So good. Go back to what you were said real quick about extremism, which is funny that you say that because that's what parents that left, you know, that's one of the things they said to me, they said, you're an extremist. Like we don't want to feed our kids what what you want to feed the kids, you know? And, and I would say to them, look, I'm just trying to help teach your child how to eat healthy so that way your child can have a lifelong, you know, time of, of, of health and, and happiness because food also impacts the hormones, everything, the brain It impacts their happy juice, it impacts their brain, it impacts their gut, Mm -hmm. like, and that's okay. And that's why in our application process, now we ask what, what kids eat, because we've learned that it's better to just, if there's a family that does not want to change their kids eating and that's what they're feeding their kids, like we don't want to torture your child. Yeah, You're not an aligned family. And if you're not even open to the possibilities of there's a better way to feed your kid mm-hmm. and you want to stick to this, you know, processed, you know, glyphosate rich, you know, pasta, right. Then, then that's fine. You don't, you don't waste your money and come to our school. It's so nice to be so clear on that. Again, as a chiropractor, I've turned certain patients away. Like I'm not, I'm not your girl. If you're not willing to do this, this, and that, like, don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. I will turn your money away. Just like you'll turn parents tuition away. It's so refreshing when you get so clear on what it is that you want to do and how you want to help people. And that it's a, it's a two-way process. Yeah. It's a team effort. I tell every parent it's a team effort here. Yeah. And we're with your kid for eight hours a day. This is a team. This is a partnership. We got to do it together. I can tell you too. What's one of my favorite pieces about this community is that every single person there is like-minded. So in the past, when I went to a birthday party, it's like, or our kids had a play date, like they're eating food that I don't align with. They're watching shows that I don't align with. Every single parent chooses this school because of how important these principles are with them. They want to be present with their children and present with themselves and they're doing the work and they eat healthy and clean. Like it is so refreshing. It's so refreshing. So before my school, I, I, and before we became perfectly aligned, right? Because that's really this year, we are way more aligned. There are a few outliers, but just way more aligned. Um, I would have to bring my own cake to birth birthday parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have to bring my own food to birthday parties mm-hmm. because I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not giving my kid food coloring with like, you know, decked with processed sugar. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it right after the pizza um, so so, pizza and yeah, pretzels right, and right, cookies right. and, and then the cake and then the, and then the bag of candy yeah. to go home with yeah. you. Yeah. And then the bag of candy. Yes. yes. Starting when they're like two years old. No, two years old. Yes. I, I used to bring blueberries with her when she was two to parties. Yeah. <laughs> we just wouldn't eat. I was, and then when they got older, I let them make a choice. I'm like, you can have this or that, but you're not having all of it. You know, we all navigate it in our own way, but it's just so refreshing to not have to, it's such a food is such a, you know, a cultural thing. Yeah. And to just not have to think about that is, is so huge. This has been an incredible conversation and there's so much more we could talk on. And I want to give you the opportunity to leave with any other messages that you have for my listeners. Yes. So as you know, we are growing like crazy and we are opening our third building next year. Well, it's actually our fourth, if you count our baby brain program and we're hiring, we're recruiting like crazy. We're, we're opening high school. We are just, we're increasing the, the number of classes per grade I've had to put kids on a waiting list this year, not because we don't have side capacity with the buildings that we have, but because we need more amazing teachers and educators. And so I'd like to just throw a shout out to any of your listeners 
who is in education or knows someone who's in education that would love to be in an environment that fosters love and connection, please go to our website, setneracademy.com. Again, that's C-E-N-T-N-E-R academy.com. Click on the careers link, fill out an application. We'd love to hear from you. We'll go through a pretty extensive interview process, um, but that's because you know, hey, study this interview and you'll be a shoe in <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm so thankful that you guys are growing at such a rapid level because what that means is that people are ready. People are looking for this kind of solution. And, you know, my whole mission with this platform and this podcast is to impact future generations to come. And I'm mainly doing that through the parents and this school, you're literally starting with the children. And so I hope one day to see schools, center academies all over the country. This is exactly what we need to give the kids the fresh start that they deserve. Thank you, Layla, for everything that you do. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Layla. I would love and appreciate if you would go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And as always, if there's a friend in your life, you know it can benefit from this information. Thank you for passing it along and I'll see you again soon.